Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mikesell. It's generally a good idea to make plans. Creating a money plan, for example, what we usually call a budget helps us to make decisions in advance so that we can pay our bills and maybe even have some money for fun along the way. Creating a time plan for our year uh, allows us to point to those vacation times and those holidays where we can get a break from the normal activities of life and where we can make sure that we get the important things in that calendar and we save time for some of those other opportunities for fun. Creating a maintenance plan for our car ensures that we get the appropriate oil changes and helps us to make sure that we're not going to get stranded along the side of the road when our car stops running. We all make plans. Some of us are more planners than others. Others like to do things a little more on whims. Either way, from time to time, we all make plans. Yet some people's planning goes to an extreme, doesn't it? There are some people that don't just plan a vacation. They plan every minute of every day of that vacation. In their mind, it's freeing them up. Doing that in advance frees them during the time of the vacation that they can really enjoy themselves and not have to think about what's going to happen next. For others, to think about planning every second of your vacation is like taking away the entire joy of the experience. Some people also have a problem with overdoing it with planning because They won't make a move until they've got every last detail, every last possible outcome planned and and worked through. The problem with that kind of planning is that you never quite get around to actually putting something into action, right? You, You plan and plan and plan and then plan some more and can't quite get the plan into action. We need to plan. We must also recognize that we can't allow our planning to be an excuse for inaction. And if there's one more thing that's common to virtually every plan, it is that plans will ultimately meet an unexpected interruption. Unless the plan is either extremely simple and lived out in a bubble, or if it's kept in a place where, it's, where there are no interruptions or no distractions, every single plan, every single plan will be interrupted, will be hijacked in some way, will be kept from being completely fulfilled. The reality is that there, it is extremely rare to have a perfect plan that is never interrupted. And so, rather than thinking about that perfect plan, the bigger question for most of us when we think about plans is what do we do when the inevitable interruption occurs with our plans? How do we respond when everything doesn't go according to plan? Can you see the opportunity in the interruption? Particularly, can you see the interruption as an opportunity for God to break into that circumstance? Joseph and Mary, they had a plan. In the passage that Roger just read for us, we heard of their plan to get married. They were engaged, or in the Bible word, they were betrothed. They were looking forward to their life together. But that plan was interrupted. At first, the interruption seemed like it was going to derail everything. But God was at work. 
impacting their lives in ways that they couldn't even imagine earlier. And as we think through this passage together today, may we learn from their experience, and may we recognize that God is greater. God is greater than our plans. Now, the statement near the outset of this passage in Matthew chapter 1 is so simple that we probably read right through it. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, Joseph and Mary, they had a plan. They were engaged to be married. They were betrothed. Preparation had begun for them to spend their lives as husband and wife. And as an incredibly large number of people, the sound of my voice, and who have ever lived, who have experienced it, getting married is a good plan. There are many people who have enjoyed the benefits and enjoyed the relationship of getting married. Now, the notion of engagement or betrothal in biblical times was a little bit different than when we think about engagement in our world today. In that day, it was a formal arrangement entered into with witnesses that could only be broken with a formal divorce. It wasn't quite the same as full-fledged marriage. That would be a, a second ceremony that would be coming later that would be followed by the actual consummation of the relationship. Those things hadn't yet occurred. But this was a significant step, and it was a step greater than even what we would call engagement in our culture, in our world. Mary and Joseph, they had a plan. Their plan was to get married. It was a noble and upright plan. Similarly, we all make plans, and those plans are often beneficial to our lives. As the saying goes, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. We need to make plans. Planning is a way of being responsible for your life and the lives of those who depend on you. Planning is a way to anticipate difficulty so that adequately supplies and remedies can be prepared in advance. Planning is a right, and it's a good activity. We need to make plans. Not rocket science, not something that should be over the top. Plans are good. But as I also mentioned a few minutes ago, if there's one simple rule about plans, it is that all plans will inevitably be interrupted. Such was the case for Joseph and Mary. Their plan, their normal plan to get married, it was interrupted. And to say that it was interrupted is probably, you know, the, the biggest um, uh, understatement in the history of such interruption statements. As they were approaching the appropriate fulfillment of their betrothal period, it was discovered that Mary was pregnant. Now, we know from reading this passage, and we know from other parts of Scripture, that this pregnancy was the work of the Holy Spirit. This was no ordinary conception. Mary had not engaged in inappropriate sexual behavior. But Joseph didn't know that. And certainly the people in their small community didn't know what was going on. From their vantage point, the only rational explanation was that Mary had been unfaithful to her commitment to Joseph. Either way, their plans were interrupted. Things were not going to work out as Mary and Joseph had initially planned or expected. And while the source of the interruption of our plans is often not nearly as dramatic as that, we certainly can relate to plans not working out as we had hoped, to plans being interrupted. We've all had those experiences when we expected things to go in one direction, 
only to find our plans foiled. How do we respond when that occurs? How do we respond when our plans get interrupted? Well, often we turn to the source of that interruption, and the source of that interruption becomes the the focus of our being upset and being concerned about what is happening. So, for example, one of the things that can interrupt our plans can be the, the choices and the actions of other people. They can make choices and they can do things that interrupt our plans. And, you know, sometimes the purpose of that interruption can be something we deem acceptable. You know, if they, if they're, if they interrupt our normal plan to throw us a surprise birthday party, you know, we can generally live with that. Or if they interrupt our plans to, to complete that household task that we've had on our lists for so long that we can't even remember and we've just been dreading doing it, but they want to come in and they want to take care of it for us. Well, you know, those kinds of interruptions are, are really good and positive. But oftentimes, oftentimes when other people interrupt our plans, it's not for such beneficial and noble reasons. You know, that, that coworker that you're supposed to be splitting 50-50 the work that needs to be done, but that person's work is the first half and yours is the second. And when it's time for you to get in and do the work that you have to do, you discover that they've only completed a small portion of what they were to do. And so before you can do your work, you have to make up what they didn't get completed. That's not a very positive interruption, is it? That kind of interruption can build resentment. It can build uh, upset with the person who has interrupted your plan. Not a very positive situation. Not only can other people interrupt our plans, but natural phenomena, natural causes can interrupt our plans. When it snowed this past Wednesday evening, any plans that you had to travel were at the very least made more difficult, if not made impossible. You had an interruption in your plans. When the doctor shares the health diagnosis that requires either uh, some sort of change in your normal lifestyle or, or surgery or some other corrective action, you're, you're, you're interrupted and you have to take seriously what that doctor is saying. And has there been a, a bigger natural interruption in recent memory than what we're going through with COVID-19? Natural events that interrupt our lives can be incredibly frustrating. They can be incredibly impactful. But they often lack the kind of intentionality, the kind of resentment that we often find with the interruptions of other people, the choices of others. They're still interrupt. They still break into our plans and keep us from accomplishing what we had wanted. And that brings us to a a third source of interruption that we often don't contemplate. Do you ever think about the fact that sometimes God might interrupt your plans? Sometimes God chooses to break into our world like he did for Joseph and Mary. And sometimes the problem that we have is that we don't always know that it's God who's interrupting. Sometimes it can be hard to know whether it's God or whether it's the decisions of others. Whether it's God or whether it's the the natural outworking of the natural forces of our world. Or sometimes whether it's God or whether we've interrupted our own plan. The fact is that sometimes God is also a source of interruption. Sometimes God breaks into our plans, and in doing so, opens up us up to a new world of possibility. Well, when Joseph recognized that the plans that he had for his life were being interrupted, he took the course of action that many of us take. He set out to fix the plan. He set out to identify the problem and to take corrective action. 
He looked around him at the facts that were at his disposal, the options that he, that he could avail himself of, and he sought to remake his plans with his own thinking, with his own rational way of looking at the situation. And as Joseph looked at what was before him, he recognized that his options were relatively limited. Going through with the marriage, taking responsibility for this child, well, that was out of the question. He was a righteous man. And, and no one around him would expect him to take on that kind of circumstance or situation. I mean, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his responsibility. So how could he end this betrothal? There were two ways, two options that were available to him. Joseph could publicly outmarry as an adulterous and unfaithful woman, shaming her and making the rest of her life difficult, if not ending her life by bringing it to execution for this adultery. That was one option. Or Joseph could quietly end the betrothal, hopefully sparing Mary the anguish of public scorn. Whether it was because of his own way of looking at the situation, his own care for Mary, whatever it was, Joseph chose to take this latter course of action. It was a tough situation. He didn't understand why it was going in this direction, but at the very least, he had figured out a way through the dilemma. He used his thought process, and he figured out a better course of action. And we've all faced those changing, challenging circumstances. If you're like me, when the plan doesn't go as intended, Often our first response is to try to figure out a new solution. Depending on the particulars, those options may be wide or they may be limited. But we have a tendency, we human beings have a tendency to, to try to see what we can figure out, what we can understand, what we can touch, what we can, what we can know about the situation, and try to work our way through that problem. That's our normal course of action. That's what Joseph did. That's often what we do. That's when God broke into the situation. Because God invited Joseph, and God invites you and me to consider something else. Just when Joseph thought that he had figured out his escape from this difficult circumstance, the unimaginable happened. God brought a new and even more perplexing reality into his life. We read there, beginning in verse 20, But just when he resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph's remade plan may have been fine according to the normal understandings of the law of God and of his own way of thinking about it, but God was opening up an even better plan. Joseph. Joseph would have the opportunity to be the earthly father of Jesus. Joseph would have the, a, a front row seat for God's unfailing plan of redemption for all of humanity. He would break, raise the one who would bring forth the means of forgiveness of sins for all who would ever live. This wasn't following Joseph's plan, but, but God's plan was so much greater than Joseph's wildest imagination. And similarly, sometimes, sometimes the interruptions of our plans are God's ways of introducing us to opportunities about which we weren't even able to, to imagine or dream. God sees our great and what we think are wonderful plans. And God says, oh my child, I've got something even better. We are so convinced that our plans are best, but God, God knows what is ultimately best. What's ultimately best for this life 
and what's ultimately best for eternity. Sometimes God's solutions can be seen in this world, and sometimes we have to trust with those eternal eyes that God is at work in ways that we can only hope and trust and believe in God. How many times in your life have you not gotten what you desperately wanted, only to realize some period of time later that you were glad it hadn't worked out. You were glad you could see how God was orchestrating and working situations in ways that were greater than you could even begin to imagine. As some of you know, when my wife Jen and I got married, we anticipated getting pregnant, giving birth, having children in that way. That was our plan and really the only way to have a family that we considered. But when month led to month and then year led to year and we weren't able to conceive, when we were dealing with those issues of infertility, we faced a recognition that our plan was going to be unfulfilled. What we imagined wasn't going to happen. But God was preparing us for parenthood in a very different way. Halfway around the world in South Korea, a young woman became pregnant who was not going to be able to care for that child. Almost certainly it wasn't the plan that she had for her life either. But in God's plan, in God's work, that little boy to whom she would give birth would be adopted into our family. We would become parents not in the manner that we planned, but in the manner that God could use so remarkably. And now 17 years later, we couldn't imagine it any other way. We've had the privilege of being Matthew's parents and later Allie's parents. We've had the joy of sharing the lives of our children. It wasn't the original plan that we imagined, but we wouldn't trade God's plan for anything in the world. The fact is, the plans of our lives will be interrupted. Sometimes those interruptions will lead to difficulty and heartbreak. But very often, God can use the interruptions and plans to remind us of God's love and God's care. The question for us is, are we willing to listen to and follow God's interruptions to find God's plans? Or to find God's way through even plans that weren't necessarily God's original desire, but that God can use to mold us, to make us, to help us to grow? I recognize that's easier said than done. How do we find God's rest and God's peace in the midst of interruptions? How do we experience God's presence when often facing the turmoil of broken plans? Well, one of the best responses that we can have when facing broken plans is to ask ourselves, how can God be using this situation to mold me and to make me, and to make us better? As I said earlier, God is not always the source or the cause of our broken plans. Sometimes the actions of others or the natural brokenness of our world wreak havoc on what we had thought or what we had planned. But God can and God does use these situations for his good and for his purposes. Are we willing to go to God and to seek God's guidance in the midst of broken plans? And perhaps even more importantly, are we willing to trust God? Trust God that in the midst of what can seem that are like situations that are so counter to our desires, to our hopes and dreams, are, are we willing to surrender to control and to trust in God to the one who has a perspective that's far bigger than ours, who understands things in ways that we can't? Are we willing to trust that even if it doesn't appear to be the case, that God loves us and that God is looking out for our eternal best? Sometimes we're able to see the ways that God is working out those circumstances and those interruptions 
Jen and I got to see and have the blessing of two children and to understand how God had worked through our infertility experience. Other times, God is at work on a much longer time frame, and we're not able to see the fulfillment of that. There are countless examples in the, in the Bible from people like the Old Testament character of, of Abraham to people in our more recent history who got to the end of their life, and God's plans were working even apart from their wildest imaginations. Are we willing to trust God, to trust in God's loving kindness, to trust in God's loving goodness, to believe that we can place our lives in God's hands, and that even in the midst of trauma and difficulty that was outside of God's original intent or God's original plan, that God is with us, that God loves us, and that God cares for us? Joseph's plans would have no doubt led to a nice life for him and for Mary. But God's plans took them to eternal, an eternal place. Joseph had the opportunity to work and participate in God's plan for all of humanity. That's certainly breaking those plans in a positive way. Our plans will be broken. Our plans will not always work out. And sometimes in the short term, sometimes in the way that we can see the situations, we have no concept or no way of thinking that it's possibly working out in any positive manner in the midst of those broken plans, we are encouraged to remember that God is greater than our plans. And being greater than our plans means that we can trust in God even in the midst of broken plans. Will you trust God today? Will you trust God that even in the midst of the brokenness of our world, the sinful choices of others that break our hearts and break our lives, we can trust that God loves us, that God cares for us, that God is with us even in the midst of broken plans. The reason? Well, God is greater. God is greater. Jesus is greater than even our greatest plans. Can we live in that today? Amen.